Everything is sound, and it is sound that turns uh, matter and energy into form. Patterns on the wings of uh, birds and insects are all the manifestation of the sound vibrations. Every organ in our body uh, resonates to a certain frequency. And when our thoughts um, and emotions and stress uh, and the vibrations that that causes de-harmonize the vibrational state of our various parts of our body, we become ill. We think ourselves into illness because we're affecting the vibrational state of the body. And so every time you think and feel, you're resonating a frequency which is making the energy around you resonate to the same frequency. What you give out is what you create. This is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald-headed.
Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bullpen Bulletins Podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. And looky this, we have two guests, count them two, in the studio with us tonight. We have Chris Chavez, a.k.a. Equinox. I am the Eddie Azard of comics. <laughs> and, get this, Dan C. Papercut is here with us tonight. Long time. Our long-lost yeah. brother, Dan C. Well, thanks to Chris for bringing the Crisco so I can fit into this. Uh, hey. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, it's all natural. It's all natural. And I actually, and, and since Chris mentioned it, I mean, do you have a specific shade of lipstick that you wear when you're on stage? <laughs> and, 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 and to sidetrack completely, I think he is doing a kick-ass job on The Riches. Yes. I love Agreed. that totally. show. Totally. That Top is of a the staff great, great show. Too. And yes, absolutely right. You're right. Well, this will probably go down as our Seinfeld episode because this, this episode is going to be a whole lot of nothing. No, we have nothing planned. There's nothing on the whiteboard. Nothing has been rehearsed. No notes. Nothing. We're coming into this blind because David and I had planned to do a previews episode for this uh, little dog and pony show, but... While we were planning that episode, a new previews came out. Cause it's kind of, so it's kind of stupid <laughs> to do an old previews episode when the new one just is coming out Wednesday. So for once we thought ahead. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, so we're just going to lay back and have fun, let it all hang out, talk comics, whatever comes to mind. We don't care. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you don't, well, you know where the website is. You better because it's at uh, com. We've had a huge influx of posters, and by huge I mean probably five over the last. <laughs> We've had actually the for- forum activity has been pretty good the past the past week or so. I've I've enjoyed reading all the posts and and adding adding my two cents to them, which really doesn't amount to much. But it's it's just been uh, we've had some really good stuff, and and a lot of it you have. Uh, I mean, you can tell convention season is happening. I mean, we yeah. went to New York Comic Con, and now that's done. And and Chris went to WonderCon, and now you have. Um, and we just came off of Wizard World LA, and you got uh, the Emerald City Comic Con coming up this weekend, and and Pat and Jefferson and Cinch, and you know, and I mean, those are the big names. But you're also going to have guys like Brew Baker and Bendis and Hester that's going to be there as well. So I mean, you know, Journey it's just it's, that yeah, there you go. So I mean, it's you have all that activity because people are trying, you know, figure out what their game plan should be, who should I get sketches from. You have, you know, you can try to decipher Cinch's post so you can figure out what the hell he's going to do with the convention. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you got, a, and you have a lot of stuff going on with Marvel. You got World War Hulk coming out, Civil War's done, so you have the Fallen Sun to look forward to. You have all the, uh, the you have the Initiative and, and the Mighty Avengers and, and the Confession came out that last week, which it was a, Fucking phenomenal read. Mm-hmm. Good God, and breathe, breathe a little. It's bit. just been. It, I'm, just, but I'm excited. There's just there's a lot of good stuff going on, and that's out there. So there's a reason why we have all the activity going on. That's right. And it's just it's it's a great. And you know you could say it's oh it's a great time to be a Marvel fan, but it's really it, this time of year. Now that spring is coming, it's a great time to be a comic book fan. I think. Well, thank you, Leo Bascalia. Um <laughs> Good night, everyone. There you go. Safe drive home. I'll be here all the week. And it's also a very good time to be a Marvel fan as far as games are concerned. 
Oh. Yes. How so? Because, uh, well, a little while back you had Ultimate Alliance, which just kicks ass on so many different levels. Yeah, it does. It is an amazing game. It's available for the PSP. And another game that recently came out, I think it came out uh, either the end of 2006 or very early this year, was the Marvel trading card game for the PSP. That already came out for the PSP? Yes. And it is... I, you know, I don't have enough adjectives to describe this game. What you have to do is avoid online reviews of this game. Do not pay any attention. Really? To, yes, because they're all wrong. Uh, I don't know. Have any of you guys ever played the Upper Deck versus card game? No, I was nope. a little daunted by it, I think. Yeah. Well, if, you, if anybody listening has played the trading card game, the PSP version is exactly, they've captured every nuance of the game. It, it, I find it really hard to believe, but they have. It's 29 bucks. You can't go wrong because you get a shitload of cards, and they give you an option to go online and buy more cards. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so you, you can download a whole box of cards to your PSP. Download and, for free? No, no, it's not free. <laughs> but, you know, you do get a free card in with the game. You get a, a nice um, Thanos uh, it's it's an extended art card. It's really cool, and it's a very useful card, something you'd actually play in the game. But that's besides the point. The, the, the mechanics of the game are exactly like the physical version. I was stunned because usually whenever they try and translate a card game to uh, digital, it doesn't usually work out. If anybody has played the Warhammer card game, it just it's horrible, the digital version. But this is really cool. And like the real game... Wolverine, the Berserker Fury Wolverine, just kicks ass, and um, the uh, Green Goblin's a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, have you guys ever oh, played? Oh, so it's Harry. It, it's a lot like Magic: The Gathering. It, it's a lot like it. Like the 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 motions and the way cards work are a lot uh, very similar to Magic, but as a whole, it's it's a very different card game. Nobody ever actually dies in the game. Like, if, if your character is more powerful than, say, I don't know, the Black Cat, and you attack the Black Cat with the Green Goblin, she gets stunned, which means you flip the card over, and she, when she leaves the playing area, she's not dead. She's just knocked out. It's kind of like Hero Clicks. Nobody ever actually dies in Hero Clicks. But um, it's just a, a really, really cool game, and I'm, I'm, you know, when you get a new game and you just, you have to beat it, I'm in that mode now. I have to beat this damn game. <laughs> I'm still in a visual flipping the black cat over once you stun her. So. And she's Sorry. really cool because. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I need, I need a few more seconds here. Wait. <laughs> Is this Terry Dotson? Right. It's actually it's the Adam Hughes black cat. She's okay. Um, now I need see. another few minutes. Six of one. Yeah, yeah, you, ha- you have you seen the one where she's she's hanging in the wind? <laughs> she's hanging in the window and she's got her hips thrown out and her her things unzippered down about. You know, you know where over and, there. Yeah, it's it's that it's it's a very you've seen the image a lot, but it's the marketed image. What's cool about the black cat is if she gets targeted as an attacker or defender, the opponent has to discard. The opponent has to get um, a card off the top of their deck and throw it in their. I call it the graveyard because I've been playing Magic forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if it's an odd uh, recruiting cost, they have to throw another one in. So you can get two cards away from the opponent just by them targeting this card. So Black Cat's really cool. Mr. Bergen, do you have a massive erection? 
Really? Yes, I do. Um, I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats. It's, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants. The, it's not fla flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store. Mm. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> but another thing about this game, I don't know who the artist was that did the cutscenes, but he's drawn Electra, the most erotic Electra I have ever seen in my life. And I'll tell you why. It's a normal Electra. She's got the red costume on, but it's sort of wrapped around her. Like, it looks like maybe a six-inch strip of cloth that's continually wrapped around her upper body. And guess where it stops? A little past the nipples. So you have the bottom of her breasts hanging out. Oh. You, you have to see oh. it. It is incredible. And every time a, a new thing loads, you get to see it. she's part of a bigger image. But every time the game loads something, you get to see this electra with these breasts that are right in your face. And you're like, thank you. You know, you don't mind waiting when you got to look at Electra's breasts. And that's another thing about the game. The load times are really long. Well, it's a PSP. Uh, but yeah. I, I have a workaround for it. See, I tried before I bought. I'm sorry, I did. I, I, because you can never know with Marvel games. For every yeah. good one, there's like 10 shitty ones. So I downloaded the game, uh, threw it on my memory stick, and I played it. And maybe about 10 minutes into it, I said, I got to buy this. So I went out and bought it, and then I started playing it from the the UMD, and it loads. I mean, I, my wife could have a baby by the time the next game loads. So what I do is I play it off the memory stick, but I do own the game. So, you know, so it's a moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I usually do that. I like to, I like to try things, and if try they, you buy. If they, yeah, if they, you. If they yeah. suck, they don't deserve my money. So well, and and that's and and that was the whole thing. I mean, you know, completely getting off topic. I mean, that was, I was a big fan of Napster when it was originally out. It, it I ended up yeah. buying more music CDs yep. because of what I was downloading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you know, hopefully, download won't kill us because as a professional musician, it's how he makes his money. So I completely, you know, if it, however, whatever his side of the argument is, I completely understand. But right. it's 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 a model. That works, you know. You, yeah. you can, if you can, if you have the ability to. It's just like software. I can't stand, you know. If 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 you're gonna give me, you can nag me to buy it, but if you're not giving me the full featured program for me to at least try, then how do I know if it's gonna do what I need it to do? That's right. And well, plus, it, I think it, something like that works on on both sides. You're going way way off topic, I guess. But I mean, if you're you're putting a product out there. You want to put something out there that you know that people want and they are going to be able to use. And I mean, it works. It's not you know a buggy piece of crap or what have you. And if you've got you know the confidence to put it out there, saying okay, you know, try this out. I know you're going to like it because you like it so much. You're going to pay me money for it. Then you know it works on both sides. You you get you know more sales. You're building your customer base, and then the the consumers are going, hey, wait a minute. You know, I can I can do this. I like I really like this, and you know, I want it. Right, and the same thing applies to comics. In my in my example, oh yeah, I I, I like the previews online. I yeah. have I have spent more money on books that I never read before because I downloaded maybe a year's worth, or mm -hmm. or say two years, and read them and thought, good God, this is a lot better than I ever gave it credit for. Yeah. Looking yeah. looking at it on the shelf uh, or on the racks, and 
I picked up a lot of titles that way. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of books where they've been really popular. I'm not going to name any names. And I read them and I thought, you know, much ado about nothing. This title is not that good. So, you you know, and who's to say in the comic book store, I would leaf through the paperback or the trade or, you know, maybe check out an issue or two while I'm there. So it's kind of the same thing. And I'm not going to lie. I download comics. But um, I usually but have, end up buying more. Bad apples that spoil the bunch, though. Right. Because, I mean, how many I mean, people? As, as honorable as you are about it, you're going to have a few people that are just going to be like, "Oh well, I'm saving all this money because I can buy my stuff on, I can read my stuff for free online." And and but and although I mean, in getting completely, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm not a fan of reading. I stare at a monitor all day at work. I come home and I'm on the laptop. I don't need to read my comic books on on right. my screen. I have to. Yeah. I need. Them. I need to feel that paper yeah. exactly. I wanna, mm-hmm. and because I do love this hobby, I love this medium, and 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 I'm a, f- I'm not only a fan, but I'm a friend, yeah. of some creators of of comic books that I, they deserve yep. to be paid. I don't mind giving them my money. So you know, I, I see, like I said before, I can see both sides of the argument, but. If it's if it's a try before you buy kind of deal, I completely agree with it. But if if you're just if you're just being a thief, then I, I it's you just uh, you got to draw the line somewhere. You're right, yeah. and as you a, can't get in something for nothing. Right, and Dave Wachter is probably, um, you know, he's already fast. He's he, either already stopped it or he's moved on to another right. show. Dave, for those who don't know, Dave Wachter has a very vocal opinion about people who download comics, and rightly so because. For every comic downloaded, he's losing money, and other mm-hmm. creators are losing money. But as an artist, I, 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 mean, I can completely sympathize with that. I wouldn't want my work downloaded. But yeah. then again, if 100,000 people download my work and I get maybe 2,000 more sales out of it, hey, that's cool. That's all right. But, yeah. I mean, if it's – how could you tell? That's the hard part. I mean, how could you say, well, this book has the potential for selling 100,000 because it's been downloaded 100,000 times. So how many people would actually buy it, the 2,000 that want to? So yeah, right. it's, I think it's a neat little subversive kind of advertising and exposure tool, but it could be very well negatively exploited. So uh, as if there's any kind of positive exploitation, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you, you have to see both sides of it. But I'll be honest. I download and I buy everything I enjoy because yeah. it's it's just the right thing to do. Yep. Right, Dan. I wholeheartedly Whoa. agree. Yeah, I thought Dan was taking a poop. <laughs> He's still thinking about too. Adam Hughes's black hat. I'm, st- I'm trying to think about that uh, Marvel trading card game, but <laughs> oh no, seriously, do yourself like, a favor. Take like Vince, send me the memory stick. I no, want to try it. Take no, the- I don't have a PSP. I, I thought I you did. Real video game. No, machine. he does. Oh, the, uh, the DS. It's, <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. No, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be buying one for my wife, so I can't I can't you know miss what? you on that one. I was looking it up though, and the only I've, I've been to get back on topic, I guess. Um, okay. The, we had a topic. The, well, the Marvel trading card game is. Oh, right. Okay. Topic if that can be. I guess. I have grunchlets. I was actually looking for that, and I'm waiting for it. It's not coming out in, until May for the DS, which is well out already. But the only downside I see is that um, the PSP and the PC versions can, you know. Play against each other online, Interact. but the the DS is kind of out out on its own little island there. So and the same not playing yeah, friendly are. Isn't it the same way with the Wii? Yeah, but yeah, that's a whole different 
problem. We Don't say that too often. I'll have to go back to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about my Wii. Listen, yeah. It's the French cast. Listen to this. You can play single player, and there is a shitload of missions. Like, say, for one mission, you have to beat the entire Wrecking Crew, which means you have to play four games. Or you'll have to beat, the like, the uh, Sinister Syndicate. You have to beat Green Goblin. You have to beat the Vulture. And so you have to play a, a separate game for each member of the force that's attacking you in this section of the game. You so you can yeah. play you can play by yourself. You can play the ad hoc thing where you're just one one PSP against another local PSP and you can play over the net. This game that's is cool. this game is really cool. It's Wi-Fi compa- compatible and uh the arts outstanding. I was really surprised. And actually it has all the card art that actually appeared on the physical card. So you get to see Adam Hughes and Ariel Olivetti and all, you know, just top notch artists. How much how much trading card game knowledge is necessary to play this? Is there a tutorial? Is oh there, there, there there's many tutorials. You don't have to know how to play the game at all. It, you'll, you can sit back and it'll instruct you on how to do every part of the game. It'll, te- it'll teach you how to attack, how to defend. It'll teach you how to, you know, put resources out. Then there's the hidden characters and um, abil- different abilities like loyalty and evasion. It's all in the game. It's really cool. I love wow. it. 29 bucks. It's like the most fun I've had for, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that so that's enough of that. So well, I guess come I on, you we'll be going to Best Buy tomorrow morning now. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious to know if anybody's read anything uh, really worthwhile or worth talking about, or if they got a bitch and moan about something. Yeah, Godland. Oh, sorry. No, it's, it's the Marvel <laughs> podcast, dude. <laughs> Bye, Godland. <laughs> Let's see. Let's hear from Chris and Dan. Yes. Oh man. Um. God. Uh. Civil War: The Confession. Loved it. Oh Loved it. yeah. Wasn't, wasn't expect. Wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. I totally thought from even the the preview solicits and everything that it was just going to be you know another oh let's fill up you know let's let's get another four bucks out of everybody that wants to be either a completist or just thinks that they haven't heard everything you know out of Civil War. Um. And just just thought it knocked it out of the park for me. I mean, that if if I had seen that maybe even in the middle of Civil War, I probably would have taken a completely different stance on Tony Stark through the whole frickin' thing. Really? Yeah. 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 I could see much. that. I mean, I I you know I can probably say I was pro Cap all the way, um, just because there was nothing redeeming about Iron Man and no. 
I mean, <laughs> read that, that changed it all for me. Well, yeah. what about Iron it. Man's revelation in the confession made you more sympathetic towards him? Um, I think just that he was doing what he was doing. It, it didn't seem to be just this grand overall. Gosh, we're this is going to be a better place, you know, a better world, what have you, type of thing. It's just that he personally broke it down and and he had taken i guess every everything to heart and he personally was taken upon himself to to try to protect everybody as opposed to trying to make i don't know what you call it a cookie cutter or you know homogenize you know uh new world order type of thing now see i guess it's all what you read into it because i thought tony was really arrogant in the confession i thought he was arrogant in the second half but see if you flip the order of the two, I think he, he comes off as exactly a lot better. I'm glad better. you said that because that book would have read, I mean, it was an, an outstanding read to begin with. If they ended it with the first story, it would have been, it would have had much more impact with that double page spread on the end saying it wasn't worth mm-hmm. it. That is the way that issue should have ended in my opinion. I, I mean, I, you didn't really get the gut punch with the, the last story because Number one, chronologically, it's out of order. And I don't have a problem with skipping around in, as far as the timeline goes. But I think, I mean, you, you have to agree, the impact of the first story was incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and why, yeah. I mean, as far as pagination is concerned, I realize that's why they didn't put that last. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it would have been much stronger if if they just transposed those two stories. Yeah. But you know what? I think with the order that the, the order that they presented it in, forces you almost to reread the first story over again. I th- I think having it in a reversed order it it I don't know if you want to call it increases the readability of the of the story um whether it's because of you're going wait a minute you know everything that you see in the second half you, you go back and go no wait a minute it, there was something else going on behind Tony and he was just playing off as you know being the the aloof uh, elitist you know aristocratic you know ass or what have you that everybody was expecting him to be and and that's what you know cap was reacting to he was reacting to a facade as opposed to what was really going on behind the mask and if you factor in the end of frontline 11 which Mm -hmm. that's my major sticking point of this whole thing the end of frontline 11 that changed everything for me yeah and i mean i didn't like tony stark during any of the civil war but the end of that made me dislike him even more because he may have been altruistic, but if you got to cheat and basically be responsible for, let's be honest, how many Atlanteans were murdered? Yeah. You know, I mean, and he caused that. So yeah. he's he's got a, an albatross now, and he knows. And not only that, he's got the albatross that he inadvertently caused the death of one of his best friends. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. And uh, all I know is I would love to be a fly on the wall in 50 years when the devil comes to collect Alex Maleev's soul. Because the way that man draws, he had uh, to, to make a deal with the devil. There's yeah. just no other explanation. He is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The texture in his work, I'm stunned. Every page, that double page spread with, uh, oh my God. You felt that's, it. That's my wallpaper at work. You felt it. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I don't know where he finds the time because on the surface, his work, when you, when you look at it really quickly, it doesn't look all that detailed, but it is. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on in his stuff. I love the yeah. man's work. Love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. As great yeah. as uh, uh, as great as Malieve was with the art, I you, you got to give it up to Bendis. Oh yeah, writing the tale because mm-hmm. I, I, it, geekiness aside, with the whole recapping Iron Man one fifty, it was just the way he wrote Tony, the way he wrote the the discussion between Cap and Tony in the in the previous or the two days earlier story. It was just it. It was just, it was basically, and the first half is obviously just Tony talking, and mm-hmm. I, I completely see where Chris is coming from, where he says, you know, you kind of, you don't, you may not have second thoughts, but you can kind of feel where he was coming from. Yeah. And the, to hear him and, and Cap get into it, and then you have that, that guard who's telling Cap, well, you know, the, the weapons are, are, you know, imprinted with our thumbprint on it, so you know you get it with our signature, so you can't use it because apparently, you know, you like kicking guns out of guys' hands and you know try to use them against them. And it was, it's just, yeah. it's such a well-written story. It was, it really was. It was a, it was a great. If anybody had any sour tastes in their mouth after reading Civil War number seven or Frontline eleven, this, this washed it away. And, and, and my, I really do feel that this, this. Completely turned it around. For yeah. once, I have to agree with everybody on the forum that said the after effects of Civil War were much stronger than the actual miniseries. Yeah, because yeah, we I agree. we have had a string of just incredible issues that, while connected to Civil War, were never part of the miniseries proper. Cap Twenty Five, The Confession, mm-hmm. Mighty Avengers Number One. Oh my God, man! We're mm-hmm. gonna be, that that'll take a whole episode right there. I loved that. Is so far my single. Well, I want to say my single favorite fun issue of the year because the confession's up there, but Mighty Avengers number one was by far one of my favorite comics of this year. Yeah. Now, I'm going to play little devil's advocate for a little bit. If you had to choose one artist out of Frank Cho or Alex Maleev, who would you pick? What's the story? What What are we talking about? Doesn't matter. Just it, one lives, one dies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God! This well, for how did me, Greg this, Land get in there? Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Can they both push Greg Land off a of cliff? Um, they. Driving uh, Humvee. I, I I can't because first of all, my my wife is a huge Frank Cho fan. She Renee loves Frank Cho. She loves Liberty Meadows. I showed her the preview pages I posted. From New Avengers number two, I posted them online. I sent her the link. She writes back with a big wow. So, so you showed her Liberty Dave, Meadows. You should have showed her Shanna. Dave, I'm, I'm hoping to get Shanna at, at, at Chicago, so I'll bring it home You're not for supposed her. to take your wife's feelings into consideration in these yeah. important oh, no. matters here. Come on. Dave, what the hell is wrong with you? Okay. To me, a, you to know, me, he's only married a year. so. Yeah. <laughs> but I've known <laughs> her longer than that. So. Now, I, oh, fuck, man. Why are you doing this? I can't... I, while both are fantastic artists in their own right, they have totally different approaches to the to the medium. Oh yeah, super clean or beautiful mistakes. And I, I'm not saying that Malieve makes mistakes, but a lot of his line work doesn't look intentional. Like Frank Cho's looks very deliberate. He knows yes, where does, he yeah. wants to put yeah. every yeah. single line. And Malieve, it's just this organic kind of. A little bit. A, it's a lot yeah. more realistic. You, you, you would. I look at. I, I look at the confession, and I really believe that Tony Stark is walking around or can carry around this armor. I look yep. at Mighty Avengers, yeah. and it's like, wow, it's like Iron Man is a cartoon. But then he takes mm-hmm. the mask off, and it's like, okay, yeah, Tony Stark. He, he kind of looks like somebody I could know. But if Alex Maleev draws him, 
he's somebody that I do know. Yeah. I mean, right. He's 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 yeah. my neighbor. Well, Malieve adds in the mistakes or those blemishes that you know everybody has, and basically it, you you kind of brush over them or or what have you. It's things that you see all the time but you never really pay attention to so it gives you that familiarity it gives you that you know that that lifelike uh you know this is real these people you know they have feelings they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and and their you know real shoulders that can sag under the weight or be broken or or you know just it it captures i think a, a lot of the the human frailties in in his artwork where you know cho i think captured captures a lot of the the perfections of you know the these these iconic symbols or like, you know as as people like ms marvel's ass i don't think there's anything <laughs> more perfect in that book than ms marvel's ass good lord i don't know the oh, new ultrons God. might be pretty there oh uh, okay yeah and and that's the thing i think you said imperfections which is very apt but and then beautiful ha- imperfection right but beautiful then you have cho which is all about strength his mm-hmm. his work just screams strength because he's. I love his Simon Williams. Yeah, his Wonder Man yeah. is phenomenal. You got something with Wonder Man. We're gonna have to do an episode <laughs> where we. It's the we, name. You know, maybe some. Pa- I want I want a red safari jacket. That's what it is. Some uh, regressive hypnosis, maybe, to find out what the <laughs> hell's going on. Ron, why did you say that? Why? Why? You're my hero, Ron. Garth, I... You come out with stink like that. Poop. Your poop mouth. Poop out of your mouth. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I love them both. I don't think I'd be able to choose. Totally different approaches, but I, I just... I love the way they do comics. And I, I'm so glad yeah. Marvel has both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think that... You know, I guess, you know, taking out of the, you know, death, you know, deathmatch scenario or what have you, do you think that one or the other is better suited to putting Bendis's work out there? Or do you think that each one is kind of suited for a different tone of, of Bendis's work? Yeah, exactly. Bendis, the Mighty Avengers was nothing like The Confession. He's he's operating in different modes, and rightly so. They're different. Mm-hmm. They're different. Stories or different approaches, but I think when we get, let's talk about the true Bendis. What is the true Bendis? Who knows? But when I think Bendis, I think Daredevil. The uh, I think of Ultimate Spider-Man. Both kind of gritty, although you wouldn't think so by Mark Bagley's work. But both very steeped in. They get their hands dirty. Whereas Mighty Avengers, it's more like this. The you know the Greek pantheon of gods they're they're elevated above the common man so I think Bendis as Daredevil and for my money Maleev comes closer to capturing that Bendis than like say if Frank Cho was on Daredevil mm-hmm. no, it work. I don't I don't think it would be as successful it's, no I think it's uh, he Bendis has even talked about it in a lot of his interviews where he he will approach each story each work knowing who the artist is obviously yeah and Mm -hmm. mighty Mm -hmm. avengers and i guess confession which i actually haven't read because my shop was sold out um and i think i said this on the forums where it 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 was like a perfect marriage of 
the story that Bendis was trying to tell, and he knew who the artist was going to be. So uh, the panel layouts and the, the, just the elements he was going to put into the story, you could just tell it's, it was suited for Cho. I mean, right. no one else could have done yeah. it but Cho. Right. And yeah. so when you're comparing it to, you know, Daredevil is, is the real Bendis or whatever, I, I think there's, he has very, very um, many shades of gray there that he can uh, work in. So, so yeah. Bendis is the chameleon. He is, well, and he gets great artists to uh, help him take that shape. Here's, so, yeah. here's an idea for a Marvel book. Joe Q, I hope you're listening. Have a writer. He's sitting he, right here next to me. Actually. Oh, cool. Each it's on your lap. Say, say a 12. <laughs> Looking at Black Cat. A 12 issue miniseries where you get a very popular writer, say Bendis, and he does not know who the artist is going to be. And the art. And, well, something like that. No, 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 no. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of DC Challenge, maybe, where you know you, you'll have Bendis and he writes a script and they give it to an artist. Bendis doesn't know who the artist is. The artist doesn't know who the writer is. And then the next issue, another writer will pick up the story from where the previous writer left off, not knowing again the artist and the artist doesn't know that. I think that would be such a cool I, premise for a, a miniseries. No? It probably would. I just, I don't know if it's feasible in its day and age with the internet being yeah. what it is. Well, say, say what yeah. if what if they, they threw a curveball and got Ted McKeever to do an issue, and then in comes, say, Bendis and does this huge, overblown superhero epic, something that you've never seen Ted McKeever do, and then you'll get somebody like Brubaker who does a, say, a criminal-type, you know, down and dirty story, and they get maybe Cho. I think that would be a really neat just to see how. Oh, it would be. A, how, no, it would be. It would be a great. Um, I don't think we could use the word novelty, but I mean, it would be. It would be a fun little fanboy moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it would be a yeah. mini. It's not something, or even even an annual. I mean, just do it like you know, once a year, maybe it. Um, Creator uh, tour you know, a, a ninety six a ninety six page book. And, That's a and, real you know, good have, idea. Like, three three or four stories in it. No, and no, no. Just have them go buck wild. You're, you're right. Annuals. Why don't they do that with the annuals? The, the annuals are back as yeah. of as of last year. That'd be the perfect premise. Nobody knows. There'll be surprises. And have them, like the last year's annuals, have them actually have some import to the series that they're chronicling once yearly. Like, like this year's X-Men annual, Mike Carey's annual with uh, Aurora and Northstar, going to be very important. In terms of future X Men storylines, that would be an awesome way to do it. And it, so, you, so you have the draw where it's actually going to mean something, and you have the the uh, enticement to get the readers to buy it by having this "what if" type thing. Well, what if Bendis worked with Ted McKeever? You know, you wouldn't know. The okay. only drawback I see to that is that if somebody is just very heavy on artistic consistency, if you don't you don't want to have a comic book where you have like you you won't want to do this with Captain America and now all of a sudden here's an annual and even if it is still written by Brubaker do you want like Paul Pope yes or, or you do I do but would but but I'm saying would the general fan base you going you're going from Epting and Perkins on every other arc with Lark flash, flashbacks and now you have Paul Pope, or and as much as I love him, but would Matt Wagner's work fit with that? Oh, would, can you imagine you know, Matt Wagner's Captain America? <laughs> dude, I could dream. Yeah, I, that's what that, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
experimentation is beautiful. Yeah, and well, for something like that, I think if you get everybody kind of in the right mindset for it from the beginning, you know, this is like, okay, yeah, we're we're going to tell a you know the best story that we can, and we're going to you know flex our muscles on this, but you know, kind of let everybody know that I don't I don't know if you. For something like that, I mean, you you probably really in this day and age couldn't say, okay, this is part of canon or this is part of continuity. It's it's more we're we're kicking the tires and you know and, and taking it for you know some hard ass laps around the the track um, and you know hope you hope you enjoy the ride type of thing. Um, I think if you go into it with that that mindset, I think you would probably be able to pull a lot more people into it uh, oh. as far as buying buying it. Are we that bound by tradition as comic book fans though? I'm not. I'm right. not. But then again, but then again, no, but you know that the you, whole the four of I, us have still, been reading still, comics for how yeah. long? Right. Oh. And and then again, look at the furor that erupted when Richard Corbin did two issues of Ghost Rider. You yeah. Had, you had people online going, "What is this crap?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm are, dropping are, it." Are we reading the same book? Because while it was not the best Corbin I've ever seen, it was still Richard Corbin. And, and it was it, still Ghost Rider, and and it was it was very well done. It, it wasn't Neverwhere, you know, if you if you've read Corbin or the Den Saga, but it was very good. And I just don't understand somebody looking at good art, regardless of what's come before. Tex and Salteras, yes, they're very good, and Corbin is very different, but it was still it was still work deserving merit. So why cut it, chop it apart? It was great work, and that's what I'm just saying. Maybe the the uh, annuals could be the same thing. Take a note, David. Let's get something out to Joe Q. Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, like the, you're the, uh, like you're my the secretary. Next, the next Friday, the next Friday cappuccino. Why don't you get on that jigger? I, I love it when he wears <laughs> the plunging neckline with the little black skirt. Awesome. Oh, it's yeah. very beautiful stuff. It's nice legs. I'm sure, it's. I'm sure we can bump into him at the nearby pizzeria or something. Yeah. I, you know that's that's cool, but then to get back to that, are, do we get a little our feathers ruffled when they change the formula a little bit from what we've known? Like, uh, say you were reading Uncanny and Dave Cockrum was on it, and out of nowhere, you get a guy like Byrne who comes in, and it's you know very different. Did, are are we that much plugged into the whole f- comic book formula where you have to well the old comic book formula was where you had a, a consistent team of artists and writer for a long time and then only when they got tired of the book did they leave and somebody new come on like today doesn't really work because you got teams switching all the time and it's yeah. not just teams but you also have like the story arcs everybody is so so into that whole oh it's part three of six you, know, you have yeah. you have like Garthenus writing these Punisher story arcs and every six issues is a new artist because that's a new story within the ongoing. But I mean, like you said, with Cockrum and Byrne, you know, Cockrum, wherever Cockrum left off, you know, Byrne picked up, whether it was in the middle of a story or not. Same thing with, you know, with, with Spider-Man. You know, you went from like Ross, An- you went from Ramita Sr., Gil Kane, Ross Andrew, and it just it went from there to there. and it was in the middle of storylines there were plot lines still going on it's not like there was just a a storyline for Ramita Sr. to do and then another storyline with Gil Kane and then another storyline with Ross Andrew and, and so on everybody everybody just hey okay the next issue of Spider-Man you're on it okay and I did it and, you know, and you, this was the writer and that was it and you got it done on time so, and you got it done on time right. and you had to fill in 
So, so what we're saying basically is for how much good trade paperbacks did for the industry, they also kneecapped it a little bit. Hey guys, this is Jay Sentinel of the Space from the Bullpen Bulletins forums, and I saw you had a need for some audio comments. I uh, give my two cents. Well, uh, I'm a new member to the forums, but I've already gotten a bit of a rep. A couple of people have already started hating on me, which I guess is a good thing to start off. But uh, I just wanted to say that I have Illuminati, the limited series. It's excellent. It details the adventures of Doctor Strange, Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, and Tony Stark going through various events in the history of the Marvel Universe. And it really is excellent. The artwork is top-notch, and it just is a great story. So uh, keep up the good work, and maybe you'll be hearing from me again. Bye. a matter of vocabulary, I think, and uh, when they talk about these new series that come out or these new arcs, they, they tend to call it projects, or they tend to call it, you know, like you said, the story arc, and if everyone's resistant to change just by the very nature of being human. If I can see where some readers who are not as versed or is not haven't been in the industry as long, when they're presented a, a whatever, a new series by Marvel, and says, well, this project's going to have writer X and artist Y on it, and then three issues down the road, they have to swap out the artist because of whatever reasons, or fill in writer for whatever reasons. I can see where that could be disjointed when they're expecting, you know, like you said, your trade, you know, uh, more, or your trade meal, the, the, the full story is supposed to be from A to Z, and it, they mix it up, and I can see where that could be disjointed. But I guess at the same rate, yeah, experimentation is fine. I I would yeah. think. Yeah. Well, back oh, in what? back in my day, artists and David's day, artists switched all the time. Like yeah. like David said, right in the middle of a storyline, didn't matter if the book had yeah, to come I, out. They threw, put somebody on to get it done. But the difference back then, as opposed to now, is now you've got but you know, your creators day, or creative yeah great creative teams coming on, and I think a lot more of it these days is on. I don't know what you would call it, like a pitch mentality. You've got somebody coming in and saying, well, you know what? Um, I've got this great idea for this story arc in Iron Man, and I'm going to tell the story of, you know, Tony Stark when he went back in time and, you know, had a you know, armor war with his father, what have you. It's going to be six issues, blah, 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 or what have you. Whereas back when we were reading, you know, comics or what have you, you had people coming on saying, okay, I want you to work on this book and I want you to tell great stories. Not just great story arcs, but I want you to create <coughs> some great books. Because they and wanted to make sure that the book was going to be out every month, too. They, <laughs> well, yeah. they, it needed yeah. to make money. You wanted to make sure that the book was going to be there the following month. So if you're, it, to me, it's kind of short sighted at times to say, okay, well, in these six issues of Moon Knight, in these six issues of Avengers, this is what you're going to see. Well, why? Yeah. What's, what's with the just in these six issues? What about what's your what, what's your goal? What's your what's your outlook for the next three years? How long are you going to be on the yeah. book? Don't tell me what's going to be in the next six fucking issues. If you're yeah. there, goes the explicit tag. If if you're going to plot out a book <laughs> for six issues and write a miniseries, no, don't publish it as a monthly. 
Give me all six at once. Just put it out as a trade paperback. Well, that's a whole other business model. And that's, and actually though, and, and if Dan's been listening to the same word balloons I have, Bendis also tends to make a point about, um, looking at it from a business standpoint. And it was brought up about, I don't know if it was, I think it was, it was either about Daredevil or it was about, or no, it may have been about Ultimate Spider-Man. It was about one of, about collecting one of his titles. And, I don't know if it was... I, again, I, it might have been New Avengers. I don't recall what exactly... Oh, maybe it was for one of the Civil War tie-ins. He was talking about how it's... He, the way, from what I got from the interview, he was talking to John Suntress, and the way he was explaining it, when it's collected, then the royalties are split between like him and the artist. If you have like you know all these other creators, if you're, if you're a part of you know this big event, so now you have... It was it was with Civil War because he was talking about you know splitting splitting the royalties with whoever the artist was, but now he didn't want to he didn't want to do something with one of the other creators. It, and now I'm screwing up because it's it was Mark Miller, so it was either Civil War or the Ultimates. But he was talking about how instead of instead of having his work collected along with Miller's, and then you have you know like Miller and Brian Hitch and you have Bendis and whoever he was working with, you know, instead of splitting all the money up that way, just have the creative team for that storyline have their work collected so then they split the money. So you do have creators looking at it from a business standpoint because also, Vince, when we were reading comics growing up, the comic books that we enjoyed as kids, that's why you have actor now because and hero because the creators may have been looking for a paycheck but the publishers yeah. weren't really so quick to make sure everybody was going to get paid in the long run. Yeah. On the flip side, comic books cost 25 and 30 cents back <laughs> yeah. then. And that's yeah. why they, they cost $3 today. Because everybody wants a cut. When they're making, yeah. let's be honest, they're making disposable pop culture entertainment. These, well, these, and and you, may, even... you may have your watchman that, that rises above the just what it's supposed to be in, in terms of you know artistic merit but most of it falls below sea level so you're talking about stuff that was meant to be disposable yeah. uh, it was but meant you know to what? be you know rolled up and stuck in a kid's back pocket yeah but even if it's disposable or what have you i mean okay it's, it's gonna you know date me as an old timer what have you but honestly i mean i i would love to see books come out today that people get excited about, maybe not even just the story arcs, but even get excited about individual issues coming out as I was excited when, you know, I was what 11, 12 years old and I was getting my Marvel team up in the brown paper mailer in the mail and I couldn't wait to rip the, you know, rip the goddamn wrapper off that thing and dive right into those stories. That was, to me... That's that's probably my my touchstone as far as uh, you know what I kind of think that all comics should make a person feel like when they're they're reading them that they should give that you know a, 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 a level of excitement and enjoyment that when you're opening it man you just can't wait to devour that book. Well, it's impossible today well, because they've priced themselves out of their original target audience's grasp. When when yeah. when you had children, well, no, okay, it's very it's very much it's a lot more difficult because as a kid, I used to get Spidey super stories, and 
I sold newspapers to get that subscription. Now, the subscription may have been like, what, seven bucks, eight bucks, if that, and I could afford it as a kid. That wasn't a whole hell of a lot of money, and I, it was something that I could earn. What's the average subscription for Marvel Comics now? It's it's at least, what, 20 bucks a year for a title, and then if you get more, they go down. I, I, don't, I don't even know, because we, we all do the local comic shop thing. But I, I think $3 is way beyond the reach of the average kid when they can go to Borders, plunk down 10 bucks, and get a, a book from Tokyo Pop or Viz that's going to take them six, maybe five hours to read if they, if they budget their time, whereas a comic book is going to take them 15, 20 minutes, and there's a third of what they would have paid for this 150 to 200-page thick little manga book. Yeah. I, I just think the Japanese have the perfect model for comic books. Fifty-four dollars for a year subscription to Amazing Spider-Man. Thank you, Dan. I I knew you'd get it. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm here. Good night, everyone. No, because if, if you, <laughs> the evil king of numbers. I, and I'm not even talking <laughs> about American manga, like the translated stuff. In Japan, there's a phone book published every week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, and, and it's thrown away every week. Right, and yeah. it, and if Marvel would adopt that formula, say. Now that they have four Avengers books, what's stopping them from throwing Mighty Avengers, New Avengers, Avengers Classic? Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's Mighty New Avengers Classic and Marvel Avengers. Marvel Adventures. Right, Marvel Marvel Adventures. Yeah. Now, say they they threw all four of those books together monthly and charged maybe six bucks for it. It doesn't have to be on the best paper. These things are supposed to be disposable. Yeah. You know, they're not supposed to last forever. That would be an, a, a great little way for the reader to save a little bit and to get the book into more people's hands because a kid's going to be more willing to spend six bucks on an on a you know hundred or one hundred and twenty page newsprint comic than they would be on a three dollar deluxe format Ultimate Spider Man. Taking you know, an example that you know maybe everybody has readily available to them. Um, you know, even the the previews magazines that you know Marvel puts out on a monthly monthly basis, you know, to highlight the sales. Would you be willing to pay, like, let's say, you know, for a, a, a nice meaty magazine book, you know, that's approximately that size? Would you be willing to pay, you know, let's say, eight bucks for something that's printed on on that quality paper, that quality printing on a regular basis that has several titles? Running through it. I mean, it's not you know the heavy, heavy stock you'll see in you know some of the comics. It's not the heavy, heavy cover stock. Um, you know, more of a you know news. I guess what you call a, a newsprint magazine. You know, nowadays. Yeah, but then they'd have to justify it. The circulation would definitely have to rise in order for them to recoup some of the profits. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would because if I read Captain America and I buy say Iron Man, but I don't buy Ms. Marvel. And they just took those, say, Avengers characters. They put Captain America, Iron Man, Ms. Marvel, and maybe She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Two men, two women. And, and maybe a, an eight-page fill-in little thing at the end where you're, you know, you're getting value for your dollar. I'd buy that. Sure. And, I, and I'd be exposed to Ms. Marvel, which I don't read, and maybe I'd say, you know what? That's not so bad. So I'd become a fan through just being exposed to titles that I normally would have picked up anyway. I mean, maybe even to cut the cost down a little bit, you know, maybe even throw in, you know, a 
classic Avengers or classic X-Men, you know, yeah. a, a story that a lot of people consider to be, you know, one of the milestones and, you know, break it up over, let's say, four of those issues or what have you, know, present it in four parts, the, the entire story that was maybe in one or two comics in the past to, you know, that way you're cutting down your original creator cost, but you're, you're getting more exposure for people to the, the backstory of the universe or, you know, right. to the, what, what the, the foundations are. Well, isn't that what they're doing with the must read things, those Marvel must read books where they'll, they'll take maybe three books that are published the previous month, slap yeah. them together and it's like four ninety nine. Yeah, Thunderbolts, they did that with Black Panther. And that's a good idea because once again, I picked up the Thunderbolts one, not a title that I've read recently. I, I did when it first came out, but the, in, once it got up into the 90s, I, I didn't read it. And I, I bought that three-issue compilation, and holy crap, I went back and bought all the ones that I didn't have, and I, I get the title today. And the same thing with Black Panther. I did not like the first six issues of Hudlin's run, and because I liked the art, didn't like the story. Because of that, I didn't buy the book. Now, I just got this Civil War compilation, and I thought he did a really good job. Black Panther is now interesting to me again, and, and he did the impossible, actually made Storm interesting to me. Because that's not a character I, you know, have any kind of warmth for. She's just, she's just there. And, Overused. Uh, yeah, I think so. But, I mean, she was very interesting and very well written. She was great. Now, yeah, she's a great... She... She was, she was his wife. You know, she wasn't so much a queen, but she was his wife. She was supportive of, even if he made, uh, you could tell just from these three issues, even if he made the wrong choices, if his, if his thinking behind something was flawed, she still, she stood behind her man. She backed him up regardless. She was written well in this, in these three issues. Even Nimor in the first part of this, of, of that world tour of the three parts that we read in this, Nimor was written well. And and he came off like you know it, it was it was on par to what Bendis and Reed are doing in the Illuminati that that's Namor to me, and mm-hmm. I, aside from the inside front cover, there were no ads in that book. Yep. And this isn't this isn't something new for Marvel because when um, when Garthiness and Steve Dillon brought back Frank Castle in the Punisher when they did when they launched a Marvel Knights line from uh, Quesada and Palmiati, the first couple issues of that series they put in. Um, and I think a, a, a double size. It was a two issue. You know, get the first two issues, and it was a nice cardstock cover. It was almost like square bound, like the old prestige format books. And the first two issues of that series was in there. And they've and and you're right. I mean, they've done it. They've done it recently. They've done it a few years prior. I, I don't recall them doing it too often in the '90s. But I mean, it's it's. You also. I mean, there are a lot of people that are also not real keen on second print things, and that's a whole other different mentality. But you're right. I mean, oh, if, you're not kidding. If you can, if if you can package it, which is which, you know, a whole different topic is why I'm not real is another reason why I'm not keen on on trades because to me it's just it's a reprint of a story that's already been out there. So I'd rather have a first original printing. But there are different ways to get the story out there to people that want to buy it. Like you mentioned, the Thunderbolts. We mentioned Black Panther. It, there's and and you're talking about you know compiling you know anthologies and and just getting getting different titles and cramming them into one book and putting that out every month and it'll not only will it get the creators to do the work so you're having creators that are getting paid but even if even if you weren't reading She-Hulk or Miss Marvel if you're reading you know the other two Avengers that you have in there 
you never know what's going to happen if you do read those other two stories. Right. You're either going to become a fan or you're going to be like, okay, well, and, and, and it's still not a new business model because CrossGen, rest in peace, was doing it with their Edge and, was it Forge? Yeah. And then Vector, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, but that's not a good example. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they were also. There was just there was a whole different. Uh, I devoured those things when they were printing them, but they weren't just weren't selling, and and I could not understand why. You got a, a shitload of comics, less than cover price, much less, and people weren't Maybe buying. That's why, uh, you know, you you're saying how it's not a good example, but but Marvel can can learn from that. Yeah, they have the uh, the majority of the audience as it is. But, I mean, you have to make it attractive to the consumer. I, I know guys who were buying the cross-gen stuff who never bought comics before or very seldom bought comics because they were getting a lot of good art, a lot of good story. I mean, they didn't have to publish on that really nice paper that they did. I think that was one of the things. That was a misstep on their part. I don't. Maybe if they downgraded a little bit just to get some of the profits back, that would have been better. But they went into the store every other week to get these books because they were cheap and they were good. I mean, Tony Bedard negation was fantastic, and that's where I, I I learned about Tony Bedard. The guy's a player; he's really good at what he does. And I never would have been exposed to him if I didn't buy those crossgen books. Yeah. So I think they have to rethink the the business model. They're never going to be able to do this forever. There's going to be a time where people are just going to be like, "Screw that! I am not paying four dollars for this comic book. It's just not worth it." And and they, ha- I think they have to prepare for that now because we're getting there. What's the next price increase? We're at two ninety nine now. Three and a quarter. Well, I don't know. The last price increase was fifty cents. Was it? it yeah. Went from two fifty to two ninety nine. Yep. Look at DC. Two fifty to two ninety nine. Only because Marvel did it first, and and that's another reason why DC lost favor with me because they could have said no. You know what? We're keeping them at two fifty. This is insane. We cannot let these things go to three dollars because nobody's going to buy them. How many people know that they can get a discount if they subscribe through a comic shop online? Not many. They'll just go to the store, and the books have to be in places that aren't comic book shops. They have to be in WalMarts and Targets and gas stations and restrooms and and you know. Glory holes. You have to have comic books. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. You, you, Vince is going to read them. You have to. That's not nice. You have to have comics <laughs> everywhere to, for these things to sell. The, and your newsstands, mass exposure. That's what they have to do. Yeah. Have you seen those uh, Target uh, editions? That yeah, they they're, have out there? they're pretty good. Yeah, well, they got like six issues in a large format for four or five bucks. There you go. Exactly. That's what they should be doing. You you guys have to stop me when I get on this because it, it's something that I feel very strongly about that I think the publishers have to get off their high horse and stop looking at this stuff as art. And it is art. Don't get me wrong. It's it's very needed and it's a necessary thing and it's creation and it's beautiful. But they have to stop taking an elitist attitude and look at it as pop culture and sell it as pop culture. Get the prices down. We don't need... Very expensive paper. Newsprint's fine for this shit. If it's work that deserves an upscale format, do that after the fact. Collect it in a hardcover on good paper. You got to keep these prices down. And it's not going to happen the way they're doing it now. I'll, I'll make a prediction. When comic books go to three fifty, the your your major sellers are going to be 100000 and They'll never get past that. 
Not at really? th- not at three fifty a pop. It's just not going to happen. I'm just visualizing fanboys crying into their mylar when you said that there was a disposable medium. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if when you look back, the the most artistically sound comics, and many people are going to disagree with me, and I don't care, were done in Marvel Silver Age, when Jack and Gene and John Buscema were were doing them. You will never get comic books better than that. Create crafted finer than those comic books and they were printed on crap paper they named it san diego which in german means a whale's vagina (laughs) (laughs) this is the most ridiculous thing ever Yeah, but at the same time, you also had those books. I mean, they pretty much had no rules going into it. I mean, they they were creating everything at that point. I mean, there there wasn't you know right. a marketing ploy saying, well, you got to do this, got to do it this way. Oh, this is the way comics are done. They were they were the pioneers, right? And and that was that's what freed them to do whatever they want. The artistic experimentation that happened in that span of time will never be seen again. Now, I know we have a lot of experimental work now, but it's it's almost approached like the film industry where they invest all this money and this preparation and this planning and you know just wing it if you're good jack kirby didn't do have to do pre-production drawings and 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 all this guy i mean he just did it it was a job to him i i yeah i don't know i i don't like to it seems like i'm talking down about comics but i i i don't like to elevate them higher than they should be because then you get price elevations you know this is art yeah it is oh it, okay after all your bills are paid after after you know you have groceries in the house you, you have you have the roof over your head is still taken care of everything is all done if 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 anything if you were out of work if, if you if you got hurt and you couldn't work or if you if you couldn't pay your card note right. or your electric bill what are the first things that gets cut. Okay, well, you know, if you go to the movies once a week, well, say goodbye to that. If you, you know, if, if you... Porn stash. There yeah. you go. You know, I mean, and, and your comics are going to, you know, when, when, once comics hit a certain, a certain, <laughs> once comics hit a certain price, okay, so even if, so right now, comics are two ninety nine if you don't get a discount. So you can buy, you can buy 10, bu- 10 books for 30 bucks. If they go up to three fifty. And you still only have that same thirty bucks. Okay, so now what books aren't you going to buy that week? Right. It's exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's the same malady. That should be the wake up call. That that should be what worry people. The fact that I won't be able to continue to buy the books that I like once the price goes up. Well, look, it's it's the same thing that's happening to the recording industry because it's so easy to jump online and download a whole album. And yet, what did the re- what was the recording industry's response to that? What did they do? They raised the frickin' prices. Is that insane? List. I mean, there's some places in my area, like Borders. I walk in there and I see an 18.99 sticker mm-hmm. on a CD. You know what I say yeah. to that? Screw you. There's no way in hell Bor- I'm paying that. Borders is the last place for music for me. But see, yeah, but that's like that. That's like going to a pizzeria and ordering a hamburger 
or or you know I, I don't I, Borders makes their Borders makes their money on their books and their books are priced well so yeah I wouldn't buy my music at a Borders right well then and you're then, right and you're right that same eighteen ninety nine CD is either nine ninety nine or eleven ninety nine and I think the most I've seen a single CD at like Best Buy or Circuit City is fourteen ninety nine well you mm, I mean we went we go to Best Buy every Tuesday. And I see a lot of fifteen ninety nine CDs. That's oh, okay. that's still. I will that's not pay fifteen ninety nine for a CD. And uh, I, I think comics, the comics publishers are following suit, where they're going to get to a point where your your public is going to say that's not worth my investment. No. If, if I spend sixteen bucks on a CD and it's forty minutes long. Yeah, I don't think so. Where you get a comic book, it takes you twenty minutes to read, and it costs you three dollars. Not even twenty minutes. That's if it's invincible, or say you know one of the books with the letters pages. Uh, today, uh, you know, they just don't take that long to read because they're not. Again, we're going back to the trade paperback formula where they're spaced out, so they don't. There's a lot of air in them, where they're they're written well, you, for certain arcs. But that's I'm going well, to. But the uh, <laughs> has anybody has any uh, although changing mediums has anybody else noticing that the DVDs they're picking up. Are there's like no insert, no, no, uh, no insert plus no, plus no, a lot of no DVDs chapter listings, yeah. no, you know, plus the the labels on the DVDs now. A lot, you know, in the past you get a lot of you know the full color, uh, you know, full bleed, you know, labeling on the DVDs. Now I'm seeing a lot more of the you know single color background, almost like a light scribey type of label on you know DVD, you know, on, on DVD purchases. You know, you get Target, what have you. You kind you of cut, cut the costs. You need to be uh, slim and mean to compete with the digital uh, space. That's right. The, the kids yeah. bought Nacho Libre, and the disc is just you know you know how they they'll do like a, a two tone silver where they'll just leave part of the the title off so it reflects, and while the rest yeah. of the is like a matte finish. That's that's what they Laser did. There was stitching. yeah. There is, thank you. There, there was no color at all on the disc, and they don't care. What they're interested in is the movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What what can I mean, we? I'm not. I'm. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, do you think maybe uh, one one of the things that the the comic book publishers are looking at is I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of they're trying so hard to one up each other as far as on the presentation of the material, and also at the same time they're saying, well, okay, you know, if if we're not charging a certain amount of money for our books, then people are going to think we're putting crap out there because. We're, you know, if I'm charging a buck or a buck ninety nine, you know, they're going to think, well, if I'm only charging that much for it, how could could it actually be? No, no, because for a dollar ninety nine, you get Casanova, you get Fell. Well, see, but that's the thing is, is that, but Casanova is not being produced by one of the the big two, and and I agree with you, you know, there as far as how they're presenting it, I, I think that you know whether it's Fraction and Ba on it on that book kind of saying, well, this is the way that we want to present it, and you know, whether it's economic reasons or, or what have you, I think they've got the right idea, because they're focusing on the creative part of it. They're not focusing on, you know, we're putting this book out there, and we're going to market the shit out of it, and everybody's going to pick it up because they think it's the greatest thing. No, they're, they're putting out what they think is a great book and letting everybody come and, and discover it. Right. Good work will sell itself. Yeah. yeah. To, to look at it from another angle... I usually don't buy IDW's books. I think they're too expensive for what you get. There's the the paper is 
too glossy. The the the, the format is too expensive. But mm-hmm. I gladly plunked down four ninety nine for Ashley Wood's Daring Adventure, the first issue. And it had cardstock covers with folded in flaps and the paper was really nice. But how many artists out there are Ashley Wood? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, not many. So I, I will pay for work on an upscale format if I think the work deserves it. But from another angle, I'm not going to pay $4 for Ms. Marvel. It's just not happening. You know, I guess we have a conundrum. That's what this is. It's a conundrum. Yeah. Everybody say conundrum. Conundrum. <laughs> that was good. I got a question for Dan. Got switching gears a little bit here, which is Dan. If I'm not what, on delay here, can you hear me? If you're not on delay. Well, actually, actually shouldn't, shouldn't matter. What uh, is the best Marvel book you're reading right now that you think deserves more attention? From everybody in general. Oh, cripes. <laughs> you put me on the spot. This is an easy one. Well, I know I, the easy one would say is criminal, but uh, everyone should be reading that. But um, I think Fantastic Four is getting the, the. I don't know if everyone's understanding how good it is since McDuffie's taking it over. And, uh, and it's not the real, true Fantastic Four. Yeah, I can see that. They're really starting to. I don't know they're finding a new path for the for the team, and it's kind of exciting. So I, I hope more people pick that up. Yeah, well, I, I have Very to good. agree with you. It's a good book. Hey guys, this is Mike Sims. I'm KY Comic Guy on the forum. I just wanted to give you all a call real quick. I don't really have anything comic related to talk about right now, so I just thought I'd give you all a thank you for putting out the best podcast on the internet. The amount of work y'all put into each show is definitely obvious. Y'all guys do one hell of a job. Um, keep up the good work. Look forward to hopefully meeting y'all in Chicago. I'll stop the ass kissing right now and let you get back to work. So take care, and I'll holler at y'all later. Bye. David, what would you say? Oh, man. Um, other than Fantastic Four, well, let's see. I'm, I'm a huge fan of X-Factor. Yeah. Um, I I think I I don't think everybody's really on board with what we're, with what Peter David's doing. I mean, it's basically it's it's almost like it's a Madrox book with, with with a bunch of supporting characters, and they're all great supporting characters. I wouldn't even call them supporting characters, but it really is. But right now, with them focusing on on Jamie trying to you know go and scooping up his other multiples that are out there, it, it really is a Madrox story. But you just have a bunch of great characters. I mean, Guido's great, Siren's great, M. You have a powerless Richter. You have Layla Miller, and and what does she do, Vince? What does she? Uh... She knows stuff. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's it's. I think I think that deserves more recognition. Um, I'm enjoying Wolverine Origins, but that would be a second book, and I'm only supposed to pick one. So I mean, well, there's I'm, no I'm there's no rules here. You can pick a major yeah. one. It's just free association. That's right. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I am enjoying. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Dylan isn't exactly the perfect Wolverine artist, but I'm, I'm enjoying the backstory we're getting with Wolverine. I mean, I, early on, it was, it was almost like it was the, uh, the good part of the '90s all over again. I mean, you had, um, oh, you had Omega Red briefly. You had Maverick 
for a couple of issues who apparently is one of the well spoilers um he he i don't know if it was found out in house of m or decimation or anything like that but it turns out that maverick is one of the powerless he's not one of the 198 um jubilee was in it you have uh you have cyber who i haven't seen since uh the sam keith illustrated marvel comics presents story that uh that wolverine starred in against cyber Mm-hmm. And Daniel Way is just doing some pretty funky stuff with Wolverine Origins. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Wolverine's son part yet, but that's that's playing out, so I'm not jumping the gun on that. Uh, I am looking forward to Nova, and I have much love for. See, now I have to say that doesn't count because you're just okay. Because you're you're, you're, you're just way too free with that one. <laughs> Fine, so we'll edit that one out. No, we'll keep that in. What the hell? Oh, we will. Yeah, yeah. Because I look bad. All right. No. So, oh. oh, well. See, I can't. I, I'll save that one for you. So I won't even say that. But Iron Fist. I don't. I haven't looked at Iron Fist's numbers, so I don't know if if that's because I know I think X Factor has lost a few readers, but I don't know. I mean, after only three or four issues, I don't know how well Iron Fist is doing. But I'm really really like and where Brubaker and Fraction are going with this story. Yep. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm oh, definitely yeah. on board. And I just think it's 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 a neat I, and since I haven't received my issues of New Avengers yet, I'm not sure how how integral to the team or to the current storyline Danny Rand is. Other than the fact that he's now luckily teamed up with Luke Cage again. But I don't um I'm just really enjoying Sweet that. Christmas. I mean, there's there you go, baby. <laughs> See, with the Brubaker and Fraction Iron Fist, it's one of those cases where you have to ask yourself, why didn't anybody think of this before? <laughs> it's brilliant, but it's like so simple. Let's examine this character's lineage. There have been Iron Fists before. There will be Iron Fists after. It's so simple, but it's like, wow, why why hasn't anybody else picked up on that? Right. It, it's almost like it's uh, Grendel, you know, like a Grendel-esque. Yeah, like the whole, yeah, the ancestry. And, yeah, yeah, character for the Marvel Universe, but in a different mold because he's basically not a bastard. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, you know what I'm going to say. Y- you have to know. There's one title Ghost that Rider. I, there's one t- I like Ghost Rider a lot. The, yeah. I think everyone should be reading Planet Hulk. If if you're not, you will. I'm pretty sure people will be. Yeah, yeah you will be at some point in the mm-hmm. future. That's not the one I thought you were going to say. <laughs> really? Actually, I'll wait to hear what Chris says. And well, then I'll, I, I'll, I have one more. Uh huh. Amazing Spider Girl. Don't Ooh, laugh. Okay. Don't <laughs> laugh. It's a great book. It's fun. It's it's like comics used to be. You get a lot of value for your money, and it it brings me back to the uh, to early '80s. Uh, you you have your Spider-Man, and you can have um, a new take on the character. Peter Parker's in it. He's cri- he's a little crippled, but it's still Peter. It's almost as if that that time during the Clone Saga where Kane went off to find the baby is yeah. as if the Marvel Universe split into two alternate time zone timelines, where this is how it would have been if the baby was kept in the continuity because Mayday is that baby mm-hmm. and the revamped oh my god what the hell did we do by getting Mary Jane pregnant Marvel Universe where they just completely forgot about it <laughs> you know it, it's a great book Ron Friends is brilliant 
He, he is one of the perfect comic book artists, I think. He's very utilitarian. There's no flash to his stuff, but he goes in, gets the job done. There's no question as to what's going on in every panel. It's straightforward, brilliant comic book work. That's just my two cents. Well, to piggyback on your, on you, I guess, because that's where I want to be. Um, <laughs> actually, um, I, I want to throw much love out to the Marvel Adventures line because um, I think the Avengers and the um, the Spider-Man series have been phenomenal and probably overlooked by a large portion of the comic reading because they think it's just for kids. But if you even picking up that first. Uh, Marvel Adventures Avengers Digest with uh, by Jeff Parker, our friend Jeff Parker, mm-hmm. who we love. It's hilarious, and it's it's all one and done issues, and they all kind of tie into an overall story arc, and it it's you know just a feel good, fun filled uh, adventure. So check like Blade and Patrick Sherberger. No, Blade's too dark. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 scary. I, Patrick Sherberger, the the current artist on Ultimate. Um, listen to me, uh, Spider Man Adventures. He's just yeah, let's, phenomenal. Let's not jump ahead of him. He's phenomenal. In due time, in due time, he'll be an ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what would you say? Who? Um, see, for mine, I'd have to pick actually a mini that I want the creator to be on a regular series, which is Iron Man Hyper Velocity. Yay! <laughs> that book. As a matter of fact, when you when you guys when when you were talking about hypervelocity, I can't even remember what episode it was. I I don't know either. Or I had, <laughs> I had already read the other issues, and I'm like going, "You rat bastard! I loved that book first. <laughs> Just because when I, I picked I, I picked up the first issue, I think based off of Adam Warren's name alone and. The man and you know Brian Denham just did not disappoint with it, and to me the the pace and the energy that was on those pages was just what I th- I think has been missing from Iron Man for for quite a while. I I know that there's been you know like some of the the intrigue and kind of going in different directions with with Iron Man, but man, I just loved what I saw there. Oh, I just yeah. loved it, and I, I really would like to see him. Um, on a on a regular book, hell, not even you didn't have to be the Iron Man if you can write the shit out of it like he's doing that. Oh yeah. And speaking of Adam Warren, have you seen his graphic novel for Dark Horse called Empowered? The one I was telling you about a couple of weeks ago. No. Dude. Oh. No, I want to I want to pick it up though. You you must get that. It is gorgeous, and he drew it on what did he say? Office Max copy paper with like a, a regular two B pencil. It's it's very cut rate production in terms of what he put into it besides the art. The art is phenomenal. And I don't think there are too many artists that draw women as well as Adam oh, yeah. Warren. Oh, yeah, that, man. That should be in my next box. I was, it didn't ship when it was supposed to. It was because it was, it was on the December previews. And I was telling you about it because it's about the girl who doesn't know when you know, when her powers are going to act up, but she keeps losing part of her costume. Right. And, and you, you sounded interested, but I, you didn't know about it. And I'm I'm glad you picked it up. That's oh good. yeah, and then I can't wait to get it. It's, it's going to be my first and only Adam Warren thing. Oh, he's great for now until I until I yeah. get the hypervelocity trade. When you draw me in with a, a woman who loses her costume in relation to her powers, I'm there. I was just thinking that. Yeah, but <laughs> the the the, 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 the selling point for me is Adam Warren. Phenomenal talent, underappreciated. He should be on more titles. Damn no, and, no, and, no, and no, even no as for the oath. Yeah, and and even as you finish that sentence off, I just finished off a PayPal or an eBay buy it now of Empowered. Did you really? What'd you get it for? Yes, I just did. 
Uh, total fourteen seventy four, including shipping. There you go. Nice. Okay. You will That's love not it. That's bad because I think the retail is fourteen ninety five on the cover. Yeah. I love the way he draws breasts, and I love the way he draws of lips. Of course, you do. He draws lips on women. You just want to grab them by the ears and suck on their face. <laughs> that, at oh, least Lord. I do. The, the the one title, getting back on track, that uh, that I was expecting Vince to say is the one title that I really couldn't only because of the main character was Ant-Man. Yeah, I love that book. Oh, yeah. Love it. And I think Marvel made a perfect business decision, one of the few, to go back to what we were talking about before. The trade collection of Ant-Man is a digest format for $9.99, first six issues. That's perfect. It's perfect based on who you're catering it to because most of the digests are all ages books. Whoa. And Ant-Man's a teen plus title. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, after school, they head by the borders, pop that book in their back pocket, and there you go. Money in the bank. It was an excellent way to present that title. I wish they did that with more. And that's what initially drew me into the Spider-Girl universe. I, I hadn't read the title. I heard a lot of good press on it. I bought the first digest, and I said, Good God, this book is great. And so I'm on board now. I have all the digests, and I get the current issues because of the digest. They gave me value for my money, and I respect them for it. And regardless of what I think of the company, if the work wasn't good, I wouldn't stick with it. And the work is good. Speaking of uh, digest, Vince, have you, have you read Adam Warren's uh, Clockwork Thugs? Mm-hmm. Yo. <laughs> yep. Yo. Yes. I'm just <laughs> yes, I, yes, I have. I, I have. Um, it seems like... Who opened the window? Whoa. Holy, right holy mackerel! He's, <laughs> He's driving down the street. You got sandblasted. <laughs> it's a, it sounded like Dan stuck his head out the window of the it car really, while he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> it would, it would, that's that's, would that's his, how I roll. With, with his tongue hanging out like a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, there's not too much Adam Warren I don't have. I, I love I love the man's work. Um, so let's uh, take it in another direction. Anybody have anything they like there to talk about? No, but this is we're we're, we're doing a freestyle, kicking it's it. Free form, okay, <laughs> yeah. Kicking a caters improv style. <laughs> Straight edge. Uh, <laughs> the ghost of Tom Caters. It's hard to wash out. Uh, really? Yeah, it's the very smell. Well, the medication help. <laughs> I love you, Tom. He's a giant in the podcast industry. Yeah, that's we have a lull. We have we have a lull, ladies and gentlemen. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brought on by Tom Caters. I'm gonna punch you in the ovary. That's what I'm gonna do. (laughs) Straight shot. Ooh, ow! Right to the baby maker. (laughs) Uh, jazz flute is for little fairy boys. Okay, you know what? That's uncalled for. I can't work with this woman. All this, uh, I'm enjoying this because it's a, a, a nice tonic after the uh, the Marshall Rogers news from uh, from earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah. devastating. Uh, yeah. Fifty seven years old, I believe. Yeah, what a loss. I think his best work was with um, Engelhart on that uh, initial Batman run. Is yeah, was it Detective, oh, Comics. Detective Comics? Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. that stuff is just phenomenal. And he did he did some great Doctor Strange work. His Silver Surfer might not have yeah. been his strongest stuff, but it was still nice to look at. Yeah, that's the thing that initially the Silver Surfer work. I, I think it very much needed. Um, did Terry Austin ink that? Oh, uh, maybe man. the first issue. 
Yeah, it, it, there was just Dan would know. Dan knows everything. Dan knows everything. There was just something missing with the Silver Surfer, but yeah, the, his yeah. his second run on Batman with the recent thing that DC published, the the, the, the Dark Knight, yeah. yeah, Dark Detective, very good stuff, yeah. very yeah. good. Yeah, he he yeah. he will be missed. The man was a yeah. a talent and a half. It's yeah. like why does shit like that happen? You know, you got to. I, I just don't get it. You would yeah. think being a comic book artist and, and having a lot of fans and, and bringing all these people entertainment and enjoyment would get you some karma points, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's just funny how shit works out. The uh, the anchor was actually uh, Mr. Joseph Rubenstein. Hey, Joe. I, I saw okay. that on, on Newsarama today. And I, I just couldn't... It, it was just like totally unexpected. I couldn't believe it. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, and I, I said it online. I think Rogers and Austin was better than Burn and Austin. Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree. There, there have been better. There, well, I don't want to say better anchors for Burn, but there have been smoother collaborations with Burn. Burn has looked better under the brushwork of other embellishers. Terry Austin mm-hmm. was great, but I, you know, he he did fantastic. Carl Kessel did some fantastic yeah. work with Burn. Yeah. Um, Ordway wasn't bad. Giordano wasn't bad, but it's it's Kessel and Dan Green wasn't bad. But I think I think I would I would seek out like his his stuff from Action Comics with the or no actually I think Giordano did Action Comics, but Superman was yeah. uh, Burning Kessel. Yeah, didn't the guy that did You a Demon uh, inked him on Action? Uh, uh, Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the most recent. Yeah, one, the recent, with, with the Simone, recent with Simone the writing. Yeah. 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 And I'm um, talking about when he first kicked it off. The only one I disagree with you on is Ordway. He tends. You didn't like his Ordway no, stuff. No, he tends to take over. Well, he. You can tell when Ordway's inking. Like he did those few issues of, uh, or actually less than few issues of Fantastic Four towards Burns, the burn, the end of Burns' run on the right. title. Yes, you can tell when Ordway was inking him. Um, but it wasn't as extreme as when, like, Palmer is inking someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I... Ex- excellent know, as... golfer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Andy Parks. The other... Okay. Anybody going in another direction, are there any creators that you'd like to see on a title that you're reading? Oh, that's a good question. I know who I'm waiting for. I know who I'm waiting for right now, and it may, be, I'm, there may be some disagreement with it. I'm really anticipating um, Angel on Mighty Avengers, Angel Medina. Okay. Well, that's I don't know. According to Bendis, Cho is the permanent artist on that book. So after the first arc, Medina will probably. I mean, you because you posted that you know Medina's supposed to have a new uh, Mighty Avengers arc. On yeah. the way, um, yeah. I don't think I, there's, it's not going to be a rotating art team like Bendis has with new or had with New Avengers, where you had Finch and then McNiven and so on. Um, so Cho is the permanent primary artist. I don't know if Medina's going to do, you know, whenever yeah, a filler is needed, yeah. or if it's just going to be yeah. you know the next arc and then it goes back to Cho because the man can be a little slow. I, I think um, I think permanent in terms of Frank Cho is a lot different than the definition of the word because they may on yeah. pa- on paper it may look real nice. Frank Cho is the permanent artist. There's no way in hell he's going to get twelve issues out a year. It's just it's not going to oh, happen. No, 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 yeah. because we're already, yeah. dude. We we have the second issue coming out when next month in a couple of weeks on the 18th, and then. 
in this month in the March previews for May issue three was solicited. Right. And that, so I, I mean yeah, we're already delayed. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because work that good should you know it, it it's well worth the wait. But it's you know it, let's not kid ourselves. If they get um, eight issues of Mighty Avengers out a year, it's going to be a lot. I thought I heard Medina was supposed to be doing something a, a, a team book, but not not one of the Avengers books. I forgot what the hell was it? Was it one of the X Men titles? No, Laroca I think is going to be taking over after Tan. Yeah, you can't wait Bruce for Baker. that. Yeah. Actually, I can. It's like um, give me a root canal. That's. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're not talking about creators who we don't want to see on books because that would be a. You know, just, if I pick up that LaRocca X Men and I see Halle Berry in it, I'm going to pull a Tony Guagliardo on it. I swear. I'm going to rip that sucker up and take a picture of it because I've just about had it with him. Oh, yeah. I think New Universal would be a much better book if they got his ass out of there. Or if they took away his people in Us Weekly magazines. <laughs> well, no, see, that's the thing. I, I think he's he's bound by that now for some reason. I don't know why. And, and but I, if you can if you can't get a three quarter image of Angelina Jolie or James Cromwell or Vin Diesel, then you're not going to have the same person, right? The same character on that page in that panel, right? It's like that. That's why you have bottle sheets. That's why I think one of the greatest things in the world is to have George Perez do the character model sheets for the guys down the street there'll mm. be consistency you'll know what everybody's supposed to look like you can have your interpretations but no. hey this is the this is the way I the heard, person i heard looks. vince's stomach turn from from this side of the country I, and actually i agree with david though on that because i i think with the model sheets perez is a great person to give you the details and i don't know if you the perspective and then from there each artist with those building blocks can put their spin and their stamp on the characters, their their personality on them. Yeah, they can call the book "Mighty Automatons." Then, <laughs> must lift no, arm no. too stiff. Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. You you know you can flip through, and and obviously after a hundred and some odd issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, you can. But even in Amazing Spider-Man, you know what Peter Parker looks like. You knew what he looked like when Gil Kane drew him, when Ross Andrew drew him, when when John Romita Jr. drew him in the '80s. And so on. You, you, Mark Bagley. It didn't matter who was drawing Peter Parker. That's who he looked like. Unfortunately, the same can't be said right now for Clark Kent when one of the Cuba brothers is drawing him. But you can't have that in a comic book like New Universal, where I don't know if I mean because we talked about this. Some I think it was Scott Cedarland asked why why does it matter who's what the person looks like? I mean, if you're reading it. And if you're into the story, why does it matter who the person is that looks like that's saying it? Well, because I need to know who the fuck is saying it. I need the consistency. I need yeah. to. It's like it's like well, okay, who who just said this? Jimmy Walker or 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 or, or Pierce Brosnan? As I, I need, I need to know who the hell's saying what. Helps hmm. is that consistency from panel to panel. If, if he, he created these characters and he made them, you know, if, if if he if we saw sketches of who these people were supposed to be and not paparazzi shots it, it would make the book a little bit more enjoyable i think yeah a little bit and also the perspective wouldn't be so fucking off see that in terms of the story 
this is where you and I just differ a little bit. That that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is this man is an illustrator paid to do a job, and you don't use well-worn resource material as far as your reference. You know, if you're going to pull a photo of Angelina Jolie that everybody in the world has seen and, and try and stick it seamlessly into a, a comic book, if I pick up on it, there's going to be thousands of people that are going to pick up on it. It's like the the assassination attempt on Speedball. Why they had to use <laughs> that? You know, I don't. I don't even like to talk about it because I think it's so cheesy to pull a, a piece of reference that everybody has seen and expect them expect it to shoehorn it into a, a work of fiction, and nobody's going to make an association of the original event. It, it's it's insane to think that they wouldn't. That's what bothers me about his work where, you know, he was a world-class illustrator at one time on Fantastic Four and other books where I looked at his stuff and I, and I thought, man, this guy has chops. He's got it down. And then somewhere along the line, the reference material took over and it's become a, a crutch almost like our other buddy who I won't name. Uh, it's, it's, it's distracting in, in terms of creation it's not distracting in terms of the story because i can shut that off just for the sake of 22 pages but when i look at a, a picture of you know tommy lee edwards in a, in, a, in a comic book yeah come on you know what i mean you're better than this yeah. you don't need it i if you have to draw realistically change your style draw like you did in fantastic four where you had a a, a stylistic approach that was really nice and artistically sound and now you're doing something that's just crap on all levels so I, I hate to say that, but it's it, the colors aren't helping either. No, just, I, I agree with you. You're right. The colors are not helping in that book. Unlike Dark Tower, good. where the colors are oh man. Oh. Yeah, see, and I'm and that's and, and because I haven't read the novels, if, if I do read this, it's going to be in the trade. But uh, okay, I, you mentioned Isenov on the Dark Tower, but I was going to say, you know, when 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 you are done with something like New Universal, then you do need to to cleanse your palate with something like Ultimate Fantastic Four, where not only is Ferry drawing some fantastic stuff, I mean, yep. that's Sue Storm. Fucking beautiful. But you have Justin Ponzer on colors, and they are gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of hard to reimagine Thanos away from the Starlin version, because that's a pretty overpowering character. He, he nailed it right out of the box and it's kind of hard to improve on perfection but the Thanos in Ultimate Fantastic Four is every bit as menacing and maniacal as the original Thanos but in a different way and it's a little more modern yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't think take, it was possible take, yeah he, he he takes I think you know what we have you know grown up with or what have you as far as Thanos or whatever you call it has that I don't know if you want to call it regal Air yeah. to it, whereas this one had just uh, kind of like a—I don't know if you want to call it like a modern sensibility of of you know power, but still sleek and, and yeah. dangerous, and even more you know, dangerous because the original Thanos couldn't pop into your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that was just different. plain creepy. Um, yeah, and it, I and I'm, I don't know if this was just me. But on the last page of the God War story, it, it, with Reed sitting there looking at the cosmic cube, mm -hmm. did anybody else? And 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 it, I'm guessing was was Thanos's 
image over him. But I just got this real Metron from the New Gods. Hmm. Well, uh, I can, I, yeah, I can yeah. see where you come at with it. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, like like you said, like he's sitting down, like with the chair. Yeah. So that that that's key, obviously. The thing that creeped me out about that was this guy's influence is going to be felt somewhere down the road that he's left a little, well, more than a little bit of himself inside Reed. Don't say it. Uh, you know, so it's it's almost like Thanos is even more powerful now, and. I I can almost assume that somewhere down the line in the Ultimate Universe you're going to see the Infinity Gauntlet or something thereof. A change up on the yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. That would be very cool. Hey, David Vince. This is Jay. I send little spaceways on the forums and I heard you need some audio comments so I thought I'd call in. And, well, I really just have one question. That's, uh, who's this Stanley guy you guys keep talking about? Why don't you ever mention his last name? It seems to be pretty commonly brought up, but, uh, I guess just for insiders who know who this mysterious Stanley is. So, much appreciate if you can fill me in. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. But I do like how they're, they're seeding out for future stories. You know, not trying to tie everything up in a neat, neat, you know, little package right. that you can sell. You know, you know, all the combined issues later on, but still gives you those those plot lines that you know, if the same writer or somebody else wants to pick up and see where those take them later on, you know, you got some some real fertile ground there. Right, and that's the difference between Pascal Ferry and Salvador Larocca, where you have a, a superhero team, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, superhero team that. Most people who read comic books are aware of this team, and they've been depicted in a certain way, and you get Pascal Ferry who comes in and puts his own little identity on these characters, yet they look like the characters we know and love. But they're filtered through that Pascal Ferry sensibility, but then you have LaRocca where there's no identity at all to anything he draws. Because it's all based on something else. It's based on these photos or whatever he uses. And it's like it almost erases the personality of the artist. And I think that's very dangerous. Very dangerous thing to do. Because when I see Pascal Ferry's name on a comic, I think this is going to be damn good. Because I like the way Pascal Ferry puts that pencil to the paper. And I like the way he sees things. I like the way he draws machinery and monsters and these alien things and you know what you're going to get but now with LaRocca I don't know what the hell I'm going to get when I open New Universal it's just it, it's almost like I'm watching Entertainment Tonight if that's still on like and, and just this paparazzi it's Billy Bush yeah I just I, I don't know what I'm going to get there's no beauty to his line anymore it's almost as if like he's he's trudging it out like every line is painful for him it's just it, and it's painful for me to look at because it's got no soul I'm, I, I hate like hell to disparage an artist, but I don't like his stuff. I especially, just... especially when I mean, it's not like this. It's not like he's new, and we're giving him critiques where you know, oh, he'll get better with age. We saw him when he was better. Yeah. So, yeah. He, like I said, I always say this. Yeah. Some of his fantastic, well, a lot of his Fantastic Fours are some of the best Fantastic Fours ever. That's yeah. that's not and easy that's to with, pull off. And that's even with uh, with uh, Claremont writing him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but um, enough about Salvador. The guy's probably, his ears are bleeding by now. Yeah. Throw them away, Salvador. Get Go back to the old world. Do it the way you did. 
You were you were you were one of the best. Okay, I don't know where Dan is. Dan is Dan gone? He's still on. I I saw a little I saw a little blip in the in the Skype thing, so he's still there. But we can't hear you, Dan. Dan. Uh, Dan sleepy. Oh, Dan. <laughs> isn't isn't this wonderful? If, if you're here on the show with us and you're asleep, and I can just imagine what the audience is going to be doing by now. Oh, I love Dan. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. I hadn't I hadn't read that arc yet, so I didn't have much to contribute. Oh well, that's okay. Do you, Do you have anything to contribute? I don't know. <laughs> well, Wait, what uh, are we talking well, about? When, uh, artists, Duffy's fantastic art, force. Books? How was um? How, how you liking those Turner covers? Yeah, is there a creator on a book that you'd really like to? Uh, I already talked about Turner on the forum. That's all I mean. My ears uh, are bleeding. There's all right. I got two. I got two for you. All right. Okay. Um, I've mentioned in the past seeing a Darwin Cook on a Fantastic Four project would be great for me. Yeah. Something yeah. set in the '60s yeah. or something. I would yeah. love that. Well, writing uh, and doing the art. You have close with Ringo on the yeah. Spider-Man Fantastic Four, so that's yep. in, in the same ballpark. But take it away, Dan. No, no, I, I think that he just had the right temperament and, and tone to to pull it off, and I would like to see that. Yeah. The other one I was thinking of was, well, you guys were going on and on about ultimate whatever, was, uh, <laughs> was uh, I think Tony Harris on, like, X Factor would be interesting, or something, kind of a group mm. dynamic, but kind yeah. of a darker, I don't know, I like I like Tony Harris. So I, I like Tony Harris a lot, too. Yeah. Anywho, that's that's my two bits. I would I, I would get that Fantastic Four from Cook. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, in a heartbeat. Sign, I'd get that in a heart sign me up. Sign me up now. Yeah, Cook is uh, hell. Cook's a throwback, and I mean yeah. I mean that in the in the in the best way possible. He is like one of the old timers who could do anything and make it unique and make it good and make it come out on time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's not easy. I don't know. Chris, did you pick some? That that whole Salvador LaRocca thing has got me all flustered. Yeah. <laughs> did I pick did I pick some what? Oh man. Lint out of my navel or hair oh, out of my ass. Chris go out of um, out of your butt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's all dicky. Um. <laughs> now 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 I know what the fuzzy pumper barbershop feels like. God, I'm I'm looking, you know, bring me full circle. I'm looking forward to Planet Hulk, yeah. War Hulk, yeah. War Hulk. I need I need to get a hold. Yeah, it should be all right. I need I need I need to get a hold of Planet Hulk. Yes, um, which hardcover's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Wait in May it. or June? I, I think I it's May. I think it's June because no, don't June? say don't say May because I didn't order it. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I believe it. I believe it's June because uh, and wait. it's. April, May, yeah, I believe, because I'm, well, here's... It's being put out the way it should be put out, with all 12, 13, however many issues, all together, in a big hardcover, one single volume, throw it out there. Because, cause, like, May's kind of like, I don't want to say it's a weak month, but there's not a hell, whole hell of a lot. I mean, you have the Silver Surfer on the bus, you got uh, Incredible Hulk Volume 4, Fantastic Four, the end premiere, another X-Factor premiere. talking about trades for me? 
Yeah. I thought May was I thought May was kind of stacked. I thought they had a lot of uh, interesting trades coming Ultimate out. Galactus trilogy hardcover. Well, the, the Spider-Man newspaper strips. You have some more Civil War stuff. Looks like the majority of the rest of the Civil War stuff. Looks like David. Oh, missing, you know, David's going to jump else? on the preview episode for next time. <laughs> no, we this is got this is this is for last month. Last month. month. Yeah. This is the and one we, we got. The criminal coming out. This is the one we didn't do. Yeah. The cri- well, okay, also. fine. That, that Fantastic Four to the end. Yeah, you have the Submariner uh, poster by Turner. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. No? I'll pass that on to the Anita. Hellstorm, come on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, well, and the best, the Fantastic Four Walt Simonson collection. Come hey. on. Uh, got the originals. I'm just okay. saying. I know, it, me too. It, it, I love it. it. Yeah. Whoever decided to fold Marvel Zombies into Black Panther is a friggin' genius. <laughs> yeah, I ordered that issue too. I'll be getting the next four issues definitely. Well, that that kind of connects the uh, Ultimate Universe to the Six One Six Universe, then, doesn't it? Well, you have that. If anybody was going to, it was going to be the Fantastic Four. So while they're out there universe hopping, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it won't be. I don't. I don't see it being. Um, I don't. I don't know if it'll have any lingering after effects after those four issues, but it'd be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting because you also have Not zombies, zombies dead days. Yeah. Now, see, that's the perfect comic for me. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and you have a zombie Galactus. Yeah. What could be better? <laughs> Still, I'm, li- I'm two bizarro Galactus. Yeah. Well. <laughs> me not hungry. <laughs> Bizarro Silver Surfer where he's not whining. So much for your <laughs> hour and 25 Chicago minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I expected that. Yeah, well, that's right. The last few minutes of me will be edited out. No, this is go- <laughs> this one's this one's going up as is. I, I'm just no, going to... Oh, yes, it is. You'll see. Oh, warts and all. Warts and all. I, and I, I have to leave the static in where Dan went... Boo-boo. sleepy? Yeah, be, be, because you won't get <laughs> the whole thing with the head out the window joke. <laughs> <laughs> My teleporter was on the fritz. It happens. Damn it. Lockjaw left you out, huh? Well, oh. it's quarter to two in the morning. We're you, we, we are light. Uh, <laughs> see how late it is? We are night owls, but this is really late for us. So, thank you guys, Mr. Dancy hey, and Chris Chavez for being with us. Thank you, David, for thank you for always you. being there and. Why don't you guys? Why don't you guys say uh, say something nice to the people to send them out? What the hell does David do, anyways? (laughs) 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 David out loud. Uh, I meant something really nice. David's the heart. David's the heart of the show. I bring the. uh, I heart David Price. I don't. I uh, I bring the. There's no denying that. Funny. I don't know. I bring the quick tight. You bring the typing. I understand. Fantana. <laughs> Ron, are you okay? The man put it back, sir. Calm down. Breathe, Ron. Breathe. The man on the motorcycle. What did the bad man do, Ron? The motorcycle on the bridge. I hit him with a burrito. Ron. He took him with his butt, and he kicked him. That's what he did. Someone punted him? No, wait. Wait, let me say something. Let me say something. 
And as soon as we're done here, I'm I'm going to do a search online and see if I can't you know earn my my family counseling degree you know via the internet. That way I can I can bring David and Citizens Dave Citizen Dave back together again. <laughs> oh no no oh don't don't even no. We, all right, this, that that wasn't that wasn't even. Um, we so went out at each other's throats. There. Oh, I know that. I know that I'm was just, just that was that was that that was a little play slap fighting. That was great. Oh, I love yeah. Dave. I love Dave. I, know. <laughs> I, I can marry you. I am a reverend. <sighs> I am. I am. Universal Life Church. I am a. a, a oh, you're kidding me! I, I, that's the same one I have. Yeah, I'm a reverend. <laughs> yep. I, I, so cute. I, I just did it because. Do you have to be on a boat? Or? No, we, any, anywhere. I, I did it because I want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if they'll make me a reverend, they'll make anybody a reverend. Well, so I'll marry you for like did, 10 bucks. Too. Yeah. 10 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, refund? Um, you'll, you'll get the content for breakfast. That's worth 10 bucks. <laughs> he has to film you come. <laughs> I, I, Dan got blasted again. Yeah. <laughs> what? You did. You missed that great line? I oh, did. Say, say it again. Oh, yeah. Because it'll make so much more sense after the <laughs> It will. I said, only if Vince gets to videotape the consummation of the wedding. There you go. Oh, no. Oh, shit. And yeah, I'll give him a condom afterwards. I'll bring- I feel bad that I, could, I couldn't contribute from the crapper. Oh, yeah. I wanted. You guys in that, oh, someone lost a condom in your room. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, if you have, oh, it's not Vince's. Yeah, whatever. Well, well, I don't I don't, he, he woke I, up smiling. So. I don't wear them. Good point. Yeah, if that thing got shot to the end of the bed, I don't know what. Want to know what the PSI on? You know, the <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> join. Well, it wasn't a Magnum, so we know it wasn't mine. <laughs> Please join. Well, if, if you have any interest at all in the show after this, which I see, I honestly doubt. Join oh, this will be this this will be like our April Fools episode. Oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah. which speaking of April Fools, I don't think we should say anything because then we'll ruin the joke. Never mind. Yes. Okay. Nothing to see Jeez. here. Move along. Nothing. Move, along. Move along. Um, join us next time when we will go through the Marvel previews catalog. <laughs> we, we're going to get through it. And uh, maybe we'll have some guests, maybe not. Maybe David and I will do an old-school episode where it's just the both Dude, of us. Stag. That's right. Yeah. So uh, be there, please. No, that sucks. Please. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shit, just, down, just download the damn thing. You know you're going to anyway. It's fucking free. Yeah. Around condoms. <laughs> Around condoms. <laughs> Should, should, See, that should have been the marketing gimmick right there. Oh, and Bolton's prophylactics. <laughs> The dental Mylar. damn version. My lord. <laughs> you guys are you guys are dicks. You know that. <laughs> speaking no, of speaking of con, yeah, very very nice. <sighs> uh, <sighs> Goodbye. Geek Wait, why are we dicks? Bye. <laughs> because you, 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 <laughs> Bye. Please don't hate us. Bye. Join us next time. Don't go away. It'll be better next time. <laughs> it will be. Trust me. Blame it on Dan. Yeah, see what happens? He shows yeah. up and... Just be, just because the guy has small, supple hands, he thinks he can overrun the place. And he's sleeping. I don't think... Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> bye. You get it. <laughs> I'm not editing. I'm not editing out shit. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know we're dicks. I can just imagine on the forum. Best episode ever. LOL. Thank you. Yeah, this. No, this or, and then if it was. If, yeah, really. If it was from Cinch, you would be like, Murf, Murf, be smeared. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't oh, know you spoke shit. Dutch. <laughs> bye. Oh, Say goodbye. <gasps> Say bye bye. See ya. There is no dark side in the moon, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. The only thing that makes it look light is the sun.